Welcome to Gateway Church's podcast. Wherever you're tuning in from, we hope you're encouraged by today's message. So uh, this is the next to the last message in the series Divinely Human. Um, and then next week, just to let you know, um, I'm having a, a, a young uh, lady who's just getting started in the ministry named Joyce Meyer. <laughs> just want to give the young people a chance, you know. Um, uh, preached all over the world, obviously. Largest television ministry probably in the world. And just unbelievable Bible teacher. She will be at the South Lake campus next weekend all three services doing a different message each service. And she's doing, she's coming twice a year here and twice a year to Lakewood Church with Pastor Joel Osteen, and then she uses it to put it on her television program, and yet we get to hear Joyce Meyer. And then we'll put all three messages online. So, but if you maybe attend even another campus, but you'd like to come, let me just let you know, the nine o'clock service at South Lake would be the best because four o'clock is pretty full, 11 o'clock's pretty full, so the 9 a.m. would be the, the best one if you'd like to see her live next weekend. Then the next weekend's Easter. We always start our Easter services on Friday evening, and it's not a Good Friday service, it's an Easter service so that we have more room and more services for people to come. And I want you to do something, if you've never done it or if you do it every year, and that's invite someone. Studies show that people are more likely to come to church on Easter than any other time of the year that would not normally come. So invite someone to come to Easter. I'll be finishing the Divinely uh, Human series, and that week it will be Jesus. And we're partly divine, but he was fully divine and fully human. And I'm going to explain that and why that's important to us, all right, that he was fully human and fully divine. So that'll be Easter, okay? So that's the next two weeks. So this week is the Holy Spirit. Obviously, the Holy Spirit is fully divine, obviously, okay? He's not partly human at all, okay? Fully divine. But how can you make, I feel like God is just, taking us in this series on a, a progression, a journey uh, of showing great men and women of God in the Bible and showing their human side and giving us hope that God could use us to do something divine and touch someone's lives. Okay, someone's life. So now the series starts moving toward practically, practically how can you do it? So this will be the most practical. Two weeks ago, I did Nicodemus, and obviously that's how you go from being, you're born human, and then you're born again, divine, and on this earth, we are partakers of the divine nature, is what 2 Peter 1.4 says. That's what we're building the series on. But how, when you're faced with the decision, can you make a divine decision instead of a human decision? And that is to be led by the Holy Spirit. But most people, no, maybe I shouldn't say most. Many, many people have been taught to fear the Holy Spirit. There are many um, religions, I should say, that don't even see him as a person. They refer to him as it. We need it. 
If you're referring to the power of the Holy Spirit, you can use the pronoun it. But if you're referring to him, you need to use the pronoun him because the Bible never refers to him as an it. Here's the reason why. If you don't see him as a person, you won't develop a personal relationship with him. Personal comes from the word person. You don't have a personal relationship with a chair. You just sit on it. But you have a personal relationship with a person. But if you don't see the Holy Spirit as a person, then you won't develop a personal relationship. God is one, three persons in one, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all right? So we're gonna talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit. You can use either preposition you want to. Many, many people, um, again, I was thinking about this today in prayer. The devil came up with a great strategy because the one who explains this book to us convicts us not just of sin but of righteousness the one who leads us, the one who guides us into all truth, the devil came up with the greatest smear campaign of all. And people just became deathly afraid of any person that talked about the Holy Spirit. And even the old King James version translates it Holy Ghost. Well, it's just, it's the word spirit in the Greek and it should be spirit and and. Um, I, just, I just don't think that was a good word for kids to hear about the ghost, the Holy Ghost, you know. And when I was a kid, now please, please forgive me by what I'm about to say, okay? But we, there were two churches in our town that believed in the Holy Ghost. Uh, and I, this is when I was a kid, okay? Remember, I wasn't saved, all right? So forgive me. But one of them, the women did not wear any makeup at all. The other one, the women wore way too much makeup. <laughs> so as a kid, I thought, if I believe in the Holy Ghost, either way, I'm gonna marry an ugly woman. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's it. That's, you know, either way, I'm due, okay? And they were weird. These two churches were weird. Everybody knew they were weird. That, that is a smear campaign that Satan came up with so that we would not get to know the one who can lead us into all truth and who can guide us to make a divine decision instead of a human decision. You follow me? When David walked out on the rooftop and saw Bathsheba, he could have made a divine decision if he had relied on the Spirit of God. All right, so uh, I wanna show you three baptisms, just like there are three persons but one God Ephesians 4 says there's one baptism, and some people have said, well, you can't say that there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit because the Bible says there's one baptism. All right, even those people believe in two. They believe that when we get saved, we're baptized into the body of Christ, 1 Corinthians 12, I'm gonna show you that scripture in a moment, and they believe in water baptism. I'm telling you there's three. And in Ephesians 4, it also says there's one Lord, and then it says, and the Father and the Spirit. And then I'm gonna show you a scripture in a moment that says, so the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit 
agree as one. And then I'm gonna show you a scripture that shows you the three baptisms, salvation, water, and spirit baptism, agree as one. It's just incredible. So here's, here's point number one. I'll go through them quickly, and then we'll show you examples. Number one is the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Christ. This is when we get saved. We become part of the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, for by one Spirit, we were all baptized into one body. By one Spirit, so the Holy Spirit is doing the baptizing, and the word baptize means immerse, it comes from the, that they would take a, a, a linen cloth and dip it in um, dye and dye it purple or red or blue or orange or whatever color you wanted. That's the way you got the color scarf you wanted was it was immersed, it was baptizoed into uh, white. It went in one color and came out another. It went in one way and came out another. So that's the word they use here, that the Holy Spirit, when we get saved, baptizes us, immerses us into the body of Christ. Second baptism is the disciple baptizes us in water. Very famous scripture, Matthew 28, 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Again, three persons, Trinity right there. And then number three is Jesus baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3.11, this is John the Baptist speaking. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he, that's referring to Jesus, who's coming after me, who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. I was quoting there the one out of um, Luke about strap. But anyway, he, talking about Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now, I just I put these three on the smart board, and here's the reason why, okay? People have said these are the same, and they happen at the same time. Theologically, it is simple, simple. It's theology 101 to explain these are not the same. But I'm gonna show you grammatically they're not the same. Grammar says they're not the same. So I don't, even, I don't even care how many degrees you got behind your name. You don't understand English if you say they're the same. What, here's why. Here's the subject in this sentence. The Holy Spirit is doing the baptizing, right? Yes. Yeah, you're all like, I don't know. You went to grammar. You were, you were in the Bible and I was following you. Okay. Here's the subject in this sentence. Jesus is doing the baptizing. They can't be the same. Grammatically, they can't be the same. The Holy Spirit baptizes us into Christ when we get saved. But we just read in Matthew that Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. They're not the same baptism. Uh, it's, this is also, this is so important. It's not only in Matthew, it's in Mark, and it's in Luke, and it's in John. It's in all four of the Gospels, even though I explained to you a few weeks ago that three of them, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are synoptic. It's also in John. So it's in Mark and Luke as well, but I'm not gonna read those two scriptures to you because they're almost word for word of what I just read in Matthew, but let me show it to you in John. John 1, verse 33, 
This is again John the Baptist speaking. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending, I want you to pick up on that, upon whom you see the Spirit, the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So who baptizes with the Holy Spirit? Jesus, all right? Now, but I want you to notice this, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining. Before Jesus, the Holy Spirit had descended upon people, but never remained. Just look it up. You can see Saul, last week James preached on Solomon, before Solomon was David, before David was Saul. I'm talking about Saul the Old Testament, okay, was king, first king of Israel. The Holy Spirit descended on him and he prophesied, but then the Holy Spirit left him did not descend and remain. Jesus is the first one. The Holy Spirit descended and remained on him. Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So, just a very simple question. Would you like for the Holy Spirit to not only descend on you, but remain? Here's the other thing. People have said, well, Jesus is our example, and Jesus never got baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I think, have you not read the Bible? (laughs) Because the Bible says again, please let me just go back to grammar just for a moment, that the Spirit, like a dove, descended on him. It doesn't say a dove like the Spirit. It says the Spirit like a dove. Like a dove is a Simile, <laughs> boy, I'm telling you, y'all are like, stop it, stop the grammar stuff. You're, some of you are having, you know, really bad flashbacks to the lady with the purple hair and the ruler, you know. You know I, okay, <laughs> stop it. You know, she used to hit my desk all the time, okay. Uh, but the, the subject is the spirit. The spirit descends on Jesus. And then they say, well, you're saying there's three, so... And if Jesus is our example, well, how do you have these? Well, this happens when you get saved or born from above or born again. So was Jesus born again? No, because he was born right the first time. You and I were born wrong the first time. We were born sinners with a sin nature. He was not born with a sin nature because it's the sins of the fathers that are past the children. He was born of a woman, but his father was the heavenly father. That was better than you thought. <laughs> he, so he was, he, he was born from above the first time. All right? So, and he was, when you get born again, you're born a perfect child of God. Not perfect in your performance, but perfect in your position. He was born the first time a perfect child of God. All right, everyone with me there? Okay. Was Jesus water baptized? Yes. And did the, was Jesus baptized with the Holy Spirit? Yes. The Holy Spirit came on him, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining. So if Jesus is your example, and you've only had two of these, you've only been saved and water baptized, then you need the third one. Gosh, this is good preaching. I, I, don't, I, don't, 
I'm just telling you. All right, all right, so here we go. So let me, let me show you these now in Acts. I'm just gonna take Acts and then just a couple of other, just 1 John and, and 1 Corinthians, all right? But in Acts, verse one, verse, uh, chapter one, verse four. And being assembled together with them, he, Jesus, commanded them, that's the disciples, not to depart from, from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Let me just stop for a moment. People have said Jesus' last words were go. They were not go. Jesus' last words were stay until you get the power of the Holy Spirit. Then go. When he said go in Matthew 28, those were not his last words. Those were said in the last 40 days, the 40 days after the resurrection that he was on this earth. But his last words are recorded in Luke 24 and Acts 1, right before he ascended. And in both those times, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high, is what he said in Luke 24, 49. All right, here's Acts 1 again. But to wait for the promise. Just want you to remember the word promise. Okay, can you remember the word promise? All right. The promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me. So Jesus talked about this. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now, all right? So let me put up the three baptisms another way. Salvation, water, and spirit. Salvation, you're baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit, water baptism, and spirit baptism, all right? So I'm gonna show, I'm gonna take you now through the book of Acts and show you that everyone, now I can't, I can't show you everyone, but I'm making this statement. I'm gonna show you a few just because of our time. But everyone that got saved in the book of Acts had all three of these and not at the same time. It was salvation, then water, then spirit, except for the Gentiles in Acts 10, it was salvation, then spirit baptism, then water baptism, because Gentiles always get things mixed up. Okay. I say that as a Gentile. Okay. All right. So, but they all still had these three. So let me just show you these three. Acts 2, verse 37. And when they heard this, this is after Peter preached the gospel. There were 3,000 of them. And when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent. Okay, that's how you get saved. I went through this two weeks ago with Nicodemus. You're going to have to change your mind about who's going to begin control of your life. It's the only way you can get saved. So repent. That's get saved. Give your life to Jesus. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Okay, that's water baptism. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There it is right there. There are the three. Repent, get saved, give your life to Jesus, get water baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. And when it says receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, if I said I'm gonna give you the gift of this watch, it wouldn't be the second hand, or the minute hand, or the bezel. It'd be the watch. If I said I'm gonna give you the gift of this watch, it's the watch. People have said the gift of the Holy Spirit is tongues. That's not the gift, that's a gift, one of the gifts, plural, but the gift of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. And he's better than all the gifts put together. And I'm grateful for all the gifts, 
but I'm glad I got him. See, all right. So now, if I told you to remember a word in Acts 1. Do you remember what that word was? Promise. All right, watch this. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, verse 39, for the promise, what promise? The baptism in the Holy Spirit. But watch, because people have said this is only, this was only for the people there on the day of Pentecost. Watch this. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off. That's us. Or you want me to use the correct grammar? We, that's we. We is afar off. I know that one. I know, I know. I was just doing it to be funny. As many as the Lord our God will call. For the promise of the baptism with the Holy Spirit is to everyone who will accept Jesus Christ and be water baptized. It's for all of you. Did y'all see the three? There they are, right there, okay? So look, look um, Acts chapter eight. This is when Philip preaches. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, okay, they believed. That means they got saved. When they believed Philip as he preached the things of the kingdom of God and of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. There's water baptism. And then I'm gonna change it a little bit just to be funny here, all right? Just to kind of show how foolish, foolish this, some of this teaching is out there. Watch verse 14. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them who, when they had come down, gave them the right hand of Christian fellowship because they had all that they needed. Is that what the Bible says? They had been saved and water baptized, and there's a whole lot of teaching out there that says this, says that's all you need. By the way, this is one year after Pentecost. A year after Pentecost. And some people get saved and water baptized, and as soon as the apostles here, they send Peter and John to them, watch this, they sent Peter and John to them who prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Well, I thought they were saved. They were saved. And let me just explain. You do receive the Spirit of God when you get saved. If any man does not have the Spirit of God, he is none of his. It's Romans 8. Okay, now you do receive the Spirit of God. But wouldn't you like to be anointed, baptized, immersed with the Spirit of God? Watch, and it explains it. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them, immersed none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Is that clear? They got saved, they got water baptized, and then when the apostles heard they'd been saved and water baptized, they said they need now the baptism with the Holy Spirit, even though they weren't there a year ago because everybody needs it. And they sent them down and they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. All right, Acts 19, verse one. This is talking about Paul. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, Paul and Apollos were very preeminent apostles, eminent apostles, I should say at that time, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. 
Okay, just want to ask you a question. What does the Bible say he found? Okay, if the Bible calls them disciples, then you might not want to change that. You might not want to say, no, these, they weren't really disciples, if the Bible says they were disciples. And finding some disciples, because there's teaching out there that does that. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? All right, we got to talk about that. This guy wrote 13 out of 27 books in the New Testament. That's 13 more than you wrote. <laughs> or I. This guy was caught up into the third heaven. This guy saw things and heard things from God that he said, I can't write to you about them because you wouldn't be able to understand them. And we have a problem even understanding the things he did write. This, this is Paul. Here's the reason I'm saying this. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, when you got saved? Okay, if anyone knows correct theology, it's Paul. And if this isn't correct theology, why would the Holy Spirit even inspire Luke to write this in the Bible? It's, it's a pretty incredible question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? Oh, by the way, this is 24 years after Pentecost. 24 years later, he finds some believers, some disciples, and he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit? Did anyone tell you about the Holy Spirit? Now, watch their answer, because apparently they went to the same church that I did growing up. They said, we hadn't even heard there was a Holy Spirit We hadn't even heard about a Holy Spirit. Now watch what he does. He's going to check out their salvation. <laughs> so he said to them, into what then were you baptized? If, if you didn't, didn't have any word about the Holy Spirit. They said into John's baptism. Now watch. Let me explain it very carefully to you. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. Now, hold on. Remember, the Bible called them disciples. And they said, we got baptized by John. In other words, and then Paul explains it, John's baptism was to get saved. John's baptism was that you would repent and give up control of your life and believe on Jesus. And I just read it to you. John's baptism was a baptism of repentance and that you should believe on him who was, could come after him, that is, on Jesus Christ. So they were saved, okay? Now, watch this. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they got saved, then they got water baptized, verse six, and when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Is that as clear as it can be? <laughs> They repented and believed, so they got saved. Then they got baptized in water after John's baptism because John's baptism was to repent and believe. So then they got baptized in the name of Jesus, and then he laid his, and then why didn't he just say, okay, that's all you need? This is 24 years after Pentecost. That's all you need. Paul, are, are y'all following me? 
This is Paul. This is Paul. Paul. He knows doctrine. And he says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? You know what the old King James says, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? So then they get water baptized, and then he doesn't say, okay, that's it, that's all you need. Then he says, now let me lay hands on you so you can receive the Holy Spirit. 24 years after Pentecost. All right. 1 John chapter 5, verse 7 says, there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. Okay, here's the Trinity, Father, the Word, John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's John 1, 1, 1. And John 1, 14 says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And Revelation 19, when he comes back on a white horse, says, and his name is called the Word of God. Okay, so that's Jesus. The Word is Jesus. I didn't have time to put all those. I've had time to put them in there. I didn't have time to read them all, so I just quoted them to you. Okay, so the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. He says there are three persons, but they're one. And these there are three who bear witness in heaven, who bear witness in heaven. What do they bear witness to? They bear witness to the supernatural. That's what they bear witness to. And then watch the very next verse and just see if you see these three baptisms. And let me just tell you one thing first. Sometimes Scripture, when it's referring to salvation, will use the word blood. The reason is, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. That's Hebrews. In other words, if Jesus had not shed his blood, we couldn't be saved. That's why they had a spotless lamb shed every year for 1,500 years before Jesus came. That's why. Okay, so 1 John 5, 7, we just read, there are three that bear witness in heaven, Father, Word, and Spirit. See if you see the three on earth, the three baptisms. Watch verse eight. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. <laughs> it's pretty clear, isn't it? The spirit, the water, and the blood. There are three that bear witness on earth. Bear witness to what? To the supernatural. So let me tell you how. When you get saved, you become a new person. When you get water baptized, the old person is cut off and stays in the water. I don't have time to go through all the scripture on that. I need to do a whole message on water baptism for you at some point. Okay, when you get saved, you become a new person. When you get water baptized, the old person, Colossians, Romans, read it yourself, the old person is cut off. This is circumcision. This is what circumcision represented. The flesh is cut off. The body of flesh, the man of flesh is cut off and left in the water. When they passed through the sea, the Israelites, it was called baptism, water baptism. Do you know why? Because the Israelites were left in the water. I mean, the Egyptians, sorry. The Egyptians were left in the water, their enemy. So that's the way. So when you get saved, you become a new person. 
when you get water, and by the way, you just, if all you got to do, if you want to know, um, you know, if, if I got saved, is just go talk to uh, someone who was a police officer when I was growing up in Longview, Texas. I had a, 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 a guy come up to me that used to be my, one of my teachers, and he, he said, were you in my class in the sixth grade? I, in the, I said, I was. He said, I watch you, my wife and I watch you every week on television, but I tell him, that Robert Morris I watch on television is not the Robert Morris that was in my class. <laughs> and I said to him, because he was a believer, I said, that's because the one that you was in your class died. And a new, and Jesus Christ came to live in him. So when you get saved, you become a new person. When you get water baptized, the old person's cut off. But when you get spirit baptized, you get power to walk in the new. And that's what you need. If you want to make a divine decision, when you get tempted instead of a human decision, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. All right. Um, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I don't want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Now, let me tell you one more thing before I read you the next verse. Moses was their type of Christ. In other words, he was their deliverer, okay? I'm saying that we need, when we get saved, we get baptized into Christ. We already read the scripture. I'm not saying it. I'm, the Bible says it, 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Moses, though, was their type of Christ, okay? By the way, water... And when it's talking about the Israelites coming out, is referred to as the sea. And sometimes the spirit is referred to as the cloud. I don't have time to do it, but well, I could do it down here. Fire, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit in fire. But also sometimes it is referred to as, the Holy Spirit is referred to as oil, anointing, okay? But I just want you to watch this. So who, again, was the Israelites' type of Christ, Moses. Just watch carefully. Verse two says, and they were all baptized in the Moses, in the cloud, and in the sea. <laughs> you can't get any clearer than this. They were all baptized into their type of Christ, their Christ, their deliverer, and they were all baptized into water in the sea, and they were all baptized in the cloud. They were, remember, they were led by the cloud during the day, and what at night? Fire. Jesus said, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. So who led the Israelites? The Holy Spirit. The cloud and the fire. Gosh, I'm telling you, this is great. All right, so I got one more thing for you. Uh, so I'm gonna draw for you, okay? So um, if the preaching thing doesn't work out, I think I can become an artist. I really do. So, all right, so this is uh, the tabernacle of Moses. Is this not incredible? Okay, this is... Uh, the holy place and the most holy place. And this over here is the outer court. 
all right? And there's only one door into the tabernacle, and there's only one door to heaven. Jesus said, I'm the door, okay? But you want to get in here because this is where the presence of God is. This is where the Ark of the Covenant was. So this is where you want to get to the presence of God. God dwelt between the wings of the cherubim, is what the Bible says, okay? But before you could get into the presence of God, guess what? There were three things that you had to do. Three. Isn't this a coincidence? <laughs> when you first came into the out of court, there was an altar where you shed the blood of a lamb. What do you think that would represent? Salvation, right? Jesus. The next thing was a laver where you washed with water. Hmm, let me see, wonder what that would represent. What do you think? Maybe water baptism? But that's all you need. There's only two. No, there's three. There were three things you had to do before you could get in here. Here, this is like a vial, all right, was a vial of oil. And you had to be anointed with oil before you could enter the presence of God. And do you know what happened if you tried to go in here and bypass these? Yeah, they, they put a rope around your foot so they could drag you out because you died. So I don't care who you are in the body of Christ. You don't say, yeah, I'll accept Jesus. Yes, I get water baptized. Oh, I don't want to do the weird stuff though. <laughs> you better put a rope around your foot. Are y'all following me? Why, if you've received Jesus, why would you not receive the Holy Spirit? Why would you not say to the Holy Spirit, I'm sorry that I've been taught wrong doctrine about you. I'm sorry I've been afraid of you. But you're the third person of the Godhead. I'm not gonna be afraid of you anymore. And I receive you fully. A friend of mine, when I was growing up, he was one of my heroes. And uh, then a, a few years back, he wrote one of his last books, and um, his name's Peter Lord. Uh, I, think it was Park, I think it was Park Avenue Baptist Church in Florida. None of you know, all right? So, um, but great man of God, and yet a Baptist pastor who believed in the Holy Spirit. And very anointed, great guy, incredible, incredible preacher. And a few years ago, on one of the, this, I think it was his last book, but it might not have been, he might have written one since, um, he asked me to endorse it. It was like this huge, you know, uh, honor to me, you know, to get to do that. But he's reading along, and he read the scripture in Acts, Acts 19 that said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And he said, 
He felt like the Lord said to him, well, have you? And he said, I said, well, Lord, you see, when you get saved. <laughs> and the Lord said, are you going to teach, try to teach me the Bible? And the Lord started, he started studying it. And everybody in Acts 19, had the, in, not in Acts 19, everybody in the book of Acts got saved, got saved, water baptized, and baptized in the Holy Spirit. All of them. We're, you know what we're like? We're like Acts chapter 29. Because Acts has 28 chapters. See, we're, we, the church today is like Acts chapter 29. We're going to continue living in the book of Acts under the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the Lord said to... The Lord said to Peter, Lord, have you received the Holy Spirit? And he said, well, Lord, I think I have. He said, he's living in my house. And he said, the Lord said to him, your mother-in-law's living in your house too. Have you received her? <laughs> and he went, hmm. And here was this famous Baptist pastor that would stand up at Baptist conventions and preach on receiving the Holy Spirit. And he said, when I received the Holy Spirit, it changed my life. So I'm just asking you, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? So I'd like for you to bow your heads, close your eyes. And if you'd like to receive the Holy Spirit, by the way, the same people in Acts 2 that got filled with the Holy Spirit got filled with the Holy Spirit again in Acts 4. And the word filled there in the Greek is in a tense that tells us that it is continual. We need to continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. So if you'd like to receive the Holy Spirit, just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Every campus, everyone online, everyone on television, just put your hands out in front of you and just hold them upward. Like you just want the Lord to put something in your hands, in your heart, in your life. And I just want you in your heart, not out loud, just in your heart to just pray this prayer. I just want you to, just, just in your heart, just say to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I'm sorry for any wrong beliefs that I've had about you. And I receive you today. And then the Bible says it's Jesus who baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. So I want you to say this to Jesus in your heart. Jesus, I ask you to baptize me with the Holy Spirit today. And then tell him, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for filling me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I want to tell you thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you that you said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to send another helper, an advocate for you. He'll lead you into all truth. He'll guide you. He'll walk beside you. Lord, we want to tell you thank you for the Holy Spirit. And we tell you, we receive the Holy Spirit today fully 
in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to connect with us, text CONNECT to 71010 or visit gatewaypeople.com. We hope you have a great week.